Hi, welcome to Night Clerk Radio. This episode, we're going to be talking about hypnagogic. And with me, of course, is Burke, my co-host. Hey, Ross. Hey, Burke. How you doing? I'm good. How are you? I am quite excited to talk about hypnagogic. Hypnagogic, to me, is sort of proof that, you know, vaporwave is a real genre and not just a gimmick. It is also, it is very essential to forming the vaporwave aesthetic. Uh, in terms of like what vaporwave means and what it's about. I feel like hypnagogic is sort of like where a lot of this happens because for our listeners out there, a hypnagogic, the word means the state immediately before falling asleep. And so this is sort of used to describe music that is sort of dreamlike and not quite ambient, very much so in the albums we're reviewing today, but like on the same spectrum, like, a, you know, adjacent to it, you could say. So often there's obviously a lot of common vaporwave themes in hypnagogic music, video games, dystopian cyberpunk motifs, late night TV. But for me, a lot of it, a lot of the most interesting vaporwave albums are hypnagogic because they're made by artists who are doing original compositions, who use minimal sampling. Uh, and when they use sampling, it's for really good effect because, you know, I do really like plunderphonic albums, but I also like uh, listening to new things as well. So, uh, and again, this is sort of like plunderphonics is often called, you know, a lazy, you know, no talent kind of gimmick and hypnagogic. Like, Look, it's original compositions. You see, it's, <laughs> I mean, for you, what do, what do you think about when you think about hypnagogic? Yeah, it's really interesting because I always thought of hypnagogic as either like hypnagogic pop. So like Washed Out or Neon Indian that was kind of big mm -hmm. in the late aughts or related to Vaporwave, it was always really in my mind as deep ambient or, or fairly ambient, like 2814. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that sort of vibe. So the fact that it, it sort of closely also relates to, to Chill Wave and stuff, I really like because it makes sense since really, what does it mean to be like in a dreamlike state? Dreams are widely varied. Yeah. Thing. There's, there's no singular dream. Mm -hmm. So it's really cool that a lot of this music can create that like ethereal dreamlike state yeah. without just being drony ambient. So that's been a really interesting aspect of kind of exploring uh, one of these albums. Yeah, actually. And I think our two albums really show that like they're very different kind of dreams. Mm -hmm. And one is much more pleasant and airy and one is very melancholy and dystopian. And uh, yeah, I... I there is, a, there is a good amount of breadth in this. You mentioned 2814. 2814 is, of course, a joint project by Telepath and Hong Kong Express. 2814 is sort of like the standard bearer of Vaporwave in a lot of ways. Uh, not just Hypnagogic, but Vaporwave as a whole, because the 2814 album, Birth of a New Day, is like a critically acclaimed album known and respected even outside of the vaporwave scene and one album i've listened to quite a bit there are other artists a lot of other you know big names in vaporwave luxury elite waterfront dining albums are uh, hypnagogic so it's definitely not like going to get you up and moving like future funk or vapor trap but like it's not necessarily going to put you to sleep either like the really ambient stuff mm -hmm. so i really like the complex the the sheer variety of this genre I, in some ways, it's like vaporwave classic. Like this is this is what it means to be vaporwave, unless you're sampling, you know, 1980s albums and down, you know, pitch shifting them. So it's interesting because it does definitely capture that vaporwave focus on nostalgia, mm -hmm. but engages with it completely differently because, um, like you said, it, it doesn't use uh, as many samples. It's much more writing and producing your own music, but it still really 
targets in on the way we're we're affected mm-hmm. sort of by nostalgia. It still sounds old. Yeah. In in some in some sense. Still has a lot of that uh that synth feel. Oh yeah, yeah. It's a it's a very synth focused genre. Like it's not uh, it's cyberpunky. Mm-hmm. It still has a lot of nostalgic elements of, of of video games and and those old sounds. But I just like the fact that it focuses on that by thinking about how that nostalgia affects us by creating new things that sound like nostalgia instead of being actual nostalgia through through samples, mm-hmm. which can be like kind of like an ironic thing, which I don't like as much as as exploring it through kind of novel art, if that makes sense. The real interesting thing is like, what is this? In some ways, some of these albums are almost adjacent to like Dark Ambient. And there's kind of like they get so very slow and meditative that it almost becomes just leaves vaporwave entirely. But yeah, I think it's variations on a theme is sort of the the other the idea of like, okay, so you've listened to this kind of music before, but we're this is a new version of it and we're uh, changing it enough to really make you think about it and reflect upon it. So it's the effect of uh, your nostalgia on you today. So why don't we get into our first album? was a bit of a sample from the track mindless.wave which is the fourth track off Esprit's 2014 album Virtua.zip. So Esprit is French for spirit. Uh, it was a musical project by electronic producer George Clanton who still makes amazing music to this day. Uh, his 2018 album Slide was awesome. So this album was interesting to me because I had heard it back in 2014 when it came out. But to me, it was always just Vaporwave. And when we were sort of researching albums to pick for this episode, it was on a bunch of hypnagogic lists. And I was like, really? Because like I said in the intro, I think of hypnagogic as very ambient, very, very like obviously dreamy. So I just picked it. And yeah, I totally get it now. And it's kind of made me think about the effect the word you know genre has on, on you as a listener. Mm-hmm. But this album is absolutely, while not trying to be ambient, it is absolutely in the realm of like ethereal, dreamy music, chill wave adjacent type stuff. Mm-hmm. A lot of really down tempo electronic beats, those reverby voice samples that are kind of, they're saying something, but you're not really sure what unless you really kind of focus, mm-hmm. as we heard in that, that intro sample. And yeah, overall, I just really like this album. So the original release was in 2014. There's a 2016 repressing of uh, the vinyl and like re-release with some additional bonus tracks. Mm -hmm. This definitely satisfies what you're talking about, which is almost no sampling, because while there are a lot of like vocal pieces or, or sound effects, which I absolutely thought should be sampled, it was really driving me crazy. They're actually not. Only two tracks of the original 12 or so have any samples. And they're extremely minimal. They're the Grandmaster slash sort of little key sample everyone knows. Yeah. 
and a, a few other pieces. That's an Esprit.Wave. Yeah. Uh, which is one of my favorite tracks. Absolutely. Yeah. What What did you think of this album? When you picked this album and I listened to it, I was very disappointed in myself that I had not, or I was not already familiar with this album. I loved it. Aww. I wish I had picked it myself because I mean, I like my album, but like this one is really good. It's really solid because it is hypnagogic in the sense that it really is about the dreams and the memories of playing video games. And because it is like, video game music adjacent but again it's original compositions and it has this kind of like airy free flow nature to it and it just i don't know it just it just feels nice to listen to i quite enjoy it i think one thing is there's a lot of steel drum in this and i just fucking love steel drums i love that sound i I assume it's a synthesized steel drum sound but man it is it is quite pleasant on my ears i love steel drums a bit of an aside I love all the steel drums in like the commando soundtrack. Go listen to it. I'll just say, I'll just say that. Really? Get back. Yeah. There's <laughs> the, the commando theme is, is steel is a steel drum track. Oh wow! We can talk about it later, but check it out audience. <laughs> check it out. I had totally forgotten about that. It's been a while since I've seen commando. So, uh, uh yeah, I know uh, that that's my fault. That's uh, not anyone else's, but me. The thing is it, there is a, there's a lot of, uh, variation in terms of like whether it's building up and getting a little fast and whether it's backing off in terms of the complexity. I mean, they're, they're not like incredibly simplistic, like Esprit.Wave is, I think, my favorite track because it has that multiple layers of synths and the sample from Grandmaster Flash, which is always fun. You know, one question that I have is the re-release of the album, because I listen to the bonus tracks, but not as much as I did just the core album. So it's kind of like an interesting question is like, what is an album? Is it the 2014 version? Is the re-release the same album? Is it a different album just called the same thing? And this is obviously not a vaporwave only question, but I always find it interesting when artists like, oh, it's 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 not like, oh, I had this on the cutting room floor. I didn't or I, you know, I didn't make it. I didn't put it in there. So that's why I'm putting it on there. These are just tracks he added two years later. These these are not like really connected to it until Clinton just added it on there is is my understanding of that's right so i would say it's interesting because like you say what is an album and i guess my first instinct would be whatever an artist wants it to be it's sort of an like you say a nebulous term Mm -hmm. in the case of this one i would not be surprised if virtual.zip is a short listen the original is is about 30 minutes and if you're doing a vinyl pressing, he might have just felt like, oh, I have an extra 14-ish minutes I can fit on a vinyl. So here's yeah. about 14 minutes worth of extra music as like a bonus. Mm-hmm. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if you just consider the original 12 tracks to be uh, Virtua.zip. And you can kind of tell that in the feel, because especially the last two don't really vibe with the rest of the album to me. Yeah. Yeah. The remixes, the the drums are, are too different and they're they're very much in the realm of bonus material mm-hmm. at that point. Yeah. There's actually a really good video on YouTube where Pat Chennington actually interviews George Clanton about this album. Mm-hmm. And he also talks about the album. Uh, Clanton talks about how this album was sort of the creation of a frustration with other projects and he had these leftover tracks from another album he'd been working on and you didn't know what to do with these tracks that they were instrumental and this was sort of the peak heyday of vaporwave in 2014 and so he just threw it together the album art he made himself through photoshop in like you know 20 minutes or whatever the album art is great by the way it is it is peak vaporwave which is Mm -hmm. a virtual fighter character (laughs) their head on a cube 
and then like Photoshop repeating cloud bubbles. It's clip art that you've messed up on, essentially. It, it, it It's great. But like that process, he thought it was something casual and yet people really jumped on it and really responded to it. it it's as an artist, you know, you never know how the audience is going to react to your work. The stuff you love isn't necessarily going to be the stuff that they love. So that's uh, we'll have a link to that interview in the show notes so you can take a listen to that and uh, learn more about the creation behind this album. Yeah, it is interesting that um, such a beloved album is to somebody else kind of their B-sides and offcuts. <laughs> yeah. If you're a creator, that should really just inspire you to not be so self-conscious about what you create. And if you like it and if you're happy with it, mm -hmm. just put it out there. Oh, yeah. I'm sure somebody else will like it. Oh, yeah. No, for sure. Another part of the album that really that ties into the hypnagogic aspect of it is the fact that it has a very lo-fi aesthetic to it. Like there, there is kind of it's not a very crisp sound. Uh, it's very kind of fuzzy in a lot of ways. It were very basic kind of synths. Mm -hmm. uh, it almost like somebody noodling around with the synths set up at a music store and just kind of, you know, experimenting. You know, I like that casual aspect to it, too, because, again, this is not an album that's going to put you to sleep, but it is going to like. I think it's going to relax you. It's going to put you in a more pleasant state of mind. At least it does for me. Every time I listen to it, I feel better. It's definitely going to go on my playlist for a lot of vaporwave. I don't know if it's driving music, though. You know, maybe maybe a late afternoon, the sunset kind of drive. Uh, if you have the yeah. very particular <laughs> driving music, I don't know how picky <laughs> you are about that. Not that picky, but I haven't had a car in many, many, many years. Oh. So I don't really drive anymore. Let me take a second to sort of talk about or show people what we're talking about showing through the power of sound, which is, I guess, letting people hear something. So here's a little bit from uh, this album. That was, you know, a little bit from the longest track on this album, which is the seven minute bonus one dot wave, uh, originally bonus dot wave, but bonus one dot wave on the, the 2016 re-release, which is what you'll find on, on Bandcamp. And I sort of picked this because it has an example of stuff that I feel like should be sampled, but isn't. There's that that repeating sound effect in that sample that I really, really thought was from Mega Man. It really sounds like when you pick up certain power power effects in, in, in Mega Man. Yeah, they say it's entirely free of samples. Um, so either that doesn't count as a sample because they mean musical samples, or it was just created to be reminiscent of that and is is a basic perfect, mm -hmm. perfect recreation. <laughs> So just just an example of of how this this track can mess with my my sense of perception in in terms of what is a sample and isn't. Yeah, that's the thing is it's it, in in a sense there's kind of a similarity to Mallsoft. Mallsoft makes you remember the mall music music you listen to you know when you were going to malls when you were younger, even though it's obviously not that specific music. And this is kind of like making you think 
back to the video games. Other you, You've heard this before, but you haven't. It just hits that r- uncanny zone right there between your memories and what you think are your memories. It's pretty clever, actually. It's definitely an album I'm going to listen to more often. And thank you for introducing it to me. You're welcome. I also love this album. I'm probably going to work it back into a more regular listening rotation because I sort of had forgotten how much I, I liked it. I had not listened to it in years. So this has been a really fun journey of rediscovering with sort of a new genre lens when listening to something. Mm-hmm. So if you have uh, no more thoughts, let's move on to our second album. album is A Heart Full of Love by Dark Pyramid. That was a bit from Embracing, one of the later tracks on the album. Dark Pyramid is another name for Hong Kong Express. HKE, who we mentioned before, was one half of 2814. HKE has done a lot of work on his own, releasing a lot of different albums under different pseudonyms, and also is the owner of Dream Catalog which is probably one of the biggest record labels releasing Vaporwave today and for the last several years. Although HKA is also a bit of a vapor provocateur, does not like the term Vaporwave, and has started a number of feuds and fights on social media. Recently, he argued that Bandcamp is a detriment to musicians rather than an asset. A very interesting figure, but we're not going to focus on Hong Kong Express's personal (laughs) problems. But this album, which is also from 2014, I believe, and is more of a concept album than Virtua.zip. Virtua.zip is sort of loosely thematically about, you know, video game PlayStation and dream dreamcast type music. This is much more a concept album about that is almost like a, again, sort of the soundtrack for a movie that doesn't exist. The album art or description is a story from the black heart of the dark pyramid. She was just a test model, but she was mine. He said, so it's about a guy falling in love with an Android. The album art is of an Android lady. She is naked, but you know, she's also an Android. So think more like a Barbie. So this is a much longer album. This is over an hour long. And the the sort of shallow impression is that this is basically a knockoff of Vangelis, the Blade Runner soundtrack. I mean, it's definitely mm-hmm. majorly influenced by that. I feel like there's enough here that it's not just an imitation. There's a lot of interesting things going on in this album. Burke, what did you think of the album? I liked this album. So I completely missed this one in 2014. This is a, this was a new listen for me. Mm-hmm. And it's really, I do like it because it is much more what I expected from this, which is uh, an ambient concept album, mm-hmm. which you you sort of described. I do totally get the 
Vangelis Blade Runner vibes, <laughs> not just sonically in terms of some of the synth work in the kind of first half of the album, which we can talk about, but yeah, thematically falling in love with something that's not really human, but is it? Maybe it is, you know, that's uh, up to you. And looking into this, I guess the Dark Pyramid, in addition to being sort of the artist alias, is supposed to be where they work. That's why the last track is exiting or leaving the pyramid. Mm-hmm. Or outside the pyramid, sorry, because they're working at a place. Yeah, I kind of pictured it as sort of like an arcology, like a city inside, like an exactly. Yeah, yeah. I, I was thinking in in Blade Runner, you know, the Tyrell building mm-hmm. is, but that's mm-hmm. sort of a ubiquitous visual thing in cyberpunk is some sort of main monolithic corporate arcology or structure, like. Mm-hmm in the middle of your your wasteland right yeah there's a lot of there this is closer to ambient than like obviously virtual.zip it is a lot like this is the this is this was definitely late night music when i found this album this is what i would listen to late at night when i was writing or you know wanted to wind down for the evening but it's not quite there because there there's a lot going on here for one thing there is a lot of field recording and sort of like you know, the sounds of rain. There's also these sound effects of like, it sounds like, you know, hover cars flying overhead. You know, this kind of environmental storytelling of like these people actually going through the inside this pyramid and dealing with the different denizens and different kind of structures in there. It sounds like they're in casino at one point. You know, it's trying to tell a very specific story. Like there is there is a script to this. We're just sort of getting the implications of it through the music. And I I uh, like that kind of storytelling. And again, this is this is more close to the, you know the dream. You're having this dream of this this man and this this side this android trying to make it in the pyramid, but you know trying to survive, trying to to you know uh love each other but it's it's doesn't sound like it's going to work out one of the things i you know there's a lot of melancholy throughout the album it's very slow piano and sense kind of long decay between you know it's just like lingering for me so there, there there's some change of pace though there are a couple of tracks that early on that sort of get into this sort of like a sense of going through a nightclub or you know the heart's quickening in certain tracks i wanted to comment a bit on um pacing of the album which is great something i really like mm-hmm. because the album while a concept album and this is different from virtual.zip in some ways is that you're very aware of track changes like each track is is, mm-hmm. is different yeah so when you're listening even if you're not really paying attention you still have a feeling of of moving through the album because the track has changed i've progressed forward in time because i'm on a different track now mm-hmm. but they use a wide range of track lengths to sort of evoke different moods. So there's the track Falling, which is the fourth track, which is only two minutes. Mm-hmm. And it's it's this little synth piece, and then it's over. And you're like, oh, I'm really jumping forward. Oh, yeah, yeah. Or Forbidden or Dreams. They're both, they're all, all our transitional tracks, all are short, and all have a lot, some of the same sort of pulsing synth hanging out, like in the background. Mm-hmm. In an intentional way, not like, oh, I only have one idea, but like, this is a thematic choice. Mm-hmm. And then you get pulled towards the end into these long tracks. So that opening sample you played, Embracing, that's a 13-minute track <laughs> of just this long, droney, not quite droney, I guess, but like just this hanging, dreamy, yeah. synth-sustained chords. You feel like you're pulled to a standstill because you've been moving through this track at, at two, maybe six minutes, but roughly like two to three minutes at a time. Mm-hmm. And then you're forced to just sit 
and listen to kind of the same thing yeah. for 13 minutes. And there's this, there's this dragging feeling. It just gets pulled into it. And it's just like, it feels mm-hmm. not in a bad way, but it ends up feeling so much mm-hmm. longer. It's like a, it's like it's stopped like time, like stopped for, for a second. And that's a, a, a way they've take you through the album through pacing. I thought was really interesting. Yeah. It's like every, every track is a different scene in the story and it's telling a, a story within the story, you know, of this, what, what's happening at this part of this, this journey. And the, the, to go back to embracing the the sample we heard a little bit ago, like I really like that particular part because it's sort of building up. It has this sort of organ music sound to it, synthesized organ almost. And I like it because it, it's very bombastic, but yet muted. It's almost like an, a muted operatic expression. So it's like we're watching something very dramatic, but from a distance or through it, you know, and we not quite overwhelmed by it or it's just the weariness and the melancholy of the pyramid is just taking off the edge out of all the intensity of this, this obviously really important scene. And cause the track, I mean, think of the, 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 the title of the track embracing, like that's the most passionate these two lovers will be at. And yet it's just, you know, they, they, even they can't fully embrace it because you know, the pyramid is taking its toll. Yeah. Not to, uh, not to make another shallow comparison, <laughs> but I could very much see a sad Ryan Gosling walking around for 13 minutes with this playing <laughs> in the background. Yeah. I mean, basically, yeah, there, there's sad Ryan Gosling and his hologram girlfriend unable trying doing a virtual embrace or something like that. Yeah, no, it's, it, it definitely has that like, you know, can love survive in an age of, you know, cyborgs, of cybernetics? You know, it, will technology in, dehumanize us? Interesting, because that, that track cuts right into um, the 10th track, A Heart Full of Love, which is like back to a little up-tempo. And there's like that little snap on like the two and four. <laughs> it's almost like a melancholy hip-hop beat. Like I could hear certain flows over it. You know, it was, it's interesting. That actually will bring up our next sample, which is from that track. And this one I really found really interesting because this has muted, distorted vocal samples, presumably from the Android. So let's listen to that. So if you couldn't understand it, I believe it says the first time we met, your eyes were a different shade. And then the voice keeps talking even more distorted and broken up. I find it really interesting because that's obviously not a sample from an existing song. Uh, Obviously, HKA recorded someone saying that and then, you know, fucking work the shit out of it to distort it. There's not much. It's interesting because, you know, there's not much vaporwave with original vocals or samples like that. And it's done to great effect, I think, because it's about the Android talking and we actually get to hear because the next track is shut down escape. So that doesn't sound great (laughs) for her. I really do like this album, but it it is almost, I wouldn't say this is totally out of place from like cryo chamber kind of cinematic dark ambient. It's certainly close. Yeah. Because again, there's so much field recording in this too. Like there's, there's also crowds. Like I mentioned, there's reason I think it's a a casino because there's slot machines 
sounds. Yeah, it's very well produced album, but like, yeah, it's it's a journey. And I would like to see this movie. But on the other hand, do we really need to see the movie because we can just kind of picture it from the music? Yeah, it would almost be like making an adaptation of a book. You know, mm-hmm. you have to be careful about it. It exists in one medium already. These are very different albums and they, they're definitely for different kinds of what mood or what kind of feeling you want in that because virtual.zip is a sunny afternoon and it's there's a nice breeze and like you got home and you can turn on the dreamcast and play some virtual fighter and you're just it's ah, life is good and this one is like life is not good you're trapped in the pyramid it's night it's raining and your android lover is breaking down or something yeah it's not it's not good but it's still nostalgia in a way right because Mm -hmm. it's future it's in the future Mm -hmm. but through the lens of like retro future 80s what we were kind of told the future was going to be yeah you know like how every popular sci-fi movie inspires knockoffs sure so like there was a whole subgenre of like 80s and 90s cyberpunk movies shot on low budget and exploring what does it mean to be human mostly there were excuses for guys in leather you know trench coats shooting each other with sunglasses obviously but like this is kind of like the soundtrack of a more artistic version like a french movie about you know androids that was never released is that worth listening to if you're, if you're in that mood, if you really like Vangelis and but you want some variety in it, this would be a pretty good litmus test. Pretty good. Like, how much do you like cyberpunk, a dystopian, sad music? You're not going to get a much better version than this, I think. Agreed. Thanks for listening. Next week, we're heading back into Dark Ambient by discussing the collaborative album from Cryo Chamber, Hoster, with a special guest this time. Keep an eye out for that. Thank you all for listening, for subscribing. Please, uh, we of course have a a Twitter account at Night Clerk Radio. I am at Ross Payton on Twitter and Burke is at Burke McBurkinson. And please rate us and review us on Apple Podcasts or the uh, podcasting app of choice. Please tell your friends if you really like this. Uh, Leave us a comment on YouTube or whatever to let us know what you like, what you don't like. Thank you all so much for listening. We'll talk to you next time. Stay haunted. Stay haunted.